Hey everyone, just before we uh, get started here on this week's episode, we want to take just a minute and talk about Rethink again, right? Yeah, yeah, we're getting pretty excited about what's coming, and um, as we uh, experience life and culture more each week, we become more um, convinced that this is a space that's needed, um, yeah. and that one I think uh, people will appreciate. In fact, the conversation that we are having today is like (laughs) screaming at us that rethinking is needed (laughs) in the area of purity culture and all of that. Right. Um, And so that's what we're wanting to create. We're wanting to create a space for people to rethink and reimagine beliefs. Um, And And they don't have to agree with us (laughs) on anything. No, in fact, that's kind of with rethink. That's that's a big point of ours is that we don't want to be giving people beliefs and ideas to hold on to. We want to be helping guide people to coming to their own ideas and beliefs. Well, we think we said it before that uh, we may think differently next week on something we talked about last week. Right. Because we are in a continual process of rethinking how we think about things. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, this is something that we are very passionate about. In fact, we've been very passionate about it for a very long time. Yeah. I used very a lot there because it's <laughs> that. Um, but uh, in fact, rethink is like in old computer files of mine going back years and years and years when I've been working on different elements of this. And it's just within this past year that it's really come together for us mm-hmm. in, in this new light. Yeah. And we're just super excited about it. And yeah. so um, we want to invite everyone to join our Rethink community um, that we'll be launching very soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting nervous. We have and, a lot of work uh, to still to do. But. Yeah. And, and again, the, the, what you, what you're joining when you come into the rethink community is first and foremost, it's a community. It's a safe community right. again for you to rethink and reimagine beliefs, right? Um, ideas and beliefs. I say, I use those two things and I go more into that in the course, um, or in, in the overall thing. So, right. And then there will be courses in which we challenge ways of looking at things and how we form beliefs and that kind right. of thing. But but those courses aren't designed to give you new beliefs, like we said, right? right. It's about how do you come to your own beliefs through, through these uh, guided courses. Uh, there will be like extra podcast type conversations where we will be discussing how these worked out in our lives and how different ways people can see them right. work out. So there's... There's further kind of uh, education that way. Um, there will be uh, lots of discussion groups within yeah. the community. And this is different topics. Yeah, so, and this is outside of Facebook. This is its own right. platform that's very private and very personal. So it's, again, we want it to be safe and secure for right. people, right? Right. Uh, and we're going to talk about or uh, have conversations in Rethink from everything from some of these religious things that we've uh, that you and I have deconstructed to politics to economics to books we've read to um, uh, identities yeah. to yeah. all kinds of things we've got a numerous number of a numerous number <laughs> we have many different topics that we've already right. um, designated as part of our launch um, but what's really exciting to me is that 
um, the first people that dive into this yeah. community are going to be part of creating the culture yeah. within this community. So exciting. Yeah, because it's not going to be... Uh, it's not designed to be a community around you and I, and right. um, it's designed uh, to be fluid and to yeah. evolve and to take on its own uh, person as a community. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the people who get in at the beginning of this are going to be real, f- very formative in what that looks like, um, as well as we'll have a lot of input on where we mm-hmm. go in the future with this community. And how we, um, what we add to it and yeah. that sort of thing. So There was one thing that I forgot to mention too. That will be the, the twice monthly Zoom yeah. sessions that we'll be having. That uh, will just be open to whoever is a part of the Rethink community. And we will, it'll, sometimes it'll just be us there engaging with right. people. Sometimes we'll have special guests there. Right. And we'll be having conversations with them to kind of challenge different things. Um and then finally, well, I shouldn't say finally, but also for right now within the plan is that there will be, there will also be like a uh, group coaching, um, opportunities. opportunities. Yeah. That was yeah. what I was looking for. Where we have a start date and an end date. Yeah. And we go and, through, a, we go through a very specific topic. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and those will be, uh, kind of above and beyond, yep. um, yep. the monthly membership. Because um, it'll be were, far more in depth, it require yeah. a lot more engagement and, and right. that sort of thing. But but, um, but we're really excited. Um, we are going to launch this at uh, Apple is requiring us to do it at fourteen ninety nine. They won't let us choose fifteen. So you get to save a penny thanks to Apple. Yeah. Um, but we we will be launching it at that, and it'll be you know just a monthly, or you can pay annually, um, and you'll have access to all of this. Um, and hopefully um, be part of something yeah. very sacred and what we think is very needed so, today. So please join us. Here we go. Here we go, another exciting episode. Yeah, this one should be interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, well, we, we hope all of them are interesting, <laughs> don't we? It, well, yeah, I'm just, I don't know, I'm I'm coming off of... A lot of Facebook it's, conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, very, a lot of uh, an aggravating Facebook conversation. Yeah. On this issue, so on this issue, yeah, yeah. and again, we're to, this is like purity part two or something. I don't know what yeah. we'll call it, but it's uh, it's something like that. Let's start this off right, shall we? Yeah. What are you drinking? Well, <laughs> I made the drinks this time. So, you did. Um, um, <laughs> we're all tiptoeing around the house right now because trying to get Asher to sleep and yes. um, be able to podcast. But um, we got just a margarita mix. And uh, tequila. Yep. And so I just kind of poured a little of one and a little of the <laughs> other, and we'll see what we got. Did you measure? Yeah, but I actually don't. <laughs> this is terrible. I don't know how much a shot glass is, so you told me two ounces of tequila. Oh, my God. And I'm like, well, is that one or is that two? So you got one glass of tequila in the little shot glass. Okay. One shot glass of tequila and two shot glasses of the mix. And what did you get? 
Same thing. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> you did it right. Okay. I was like, good job. I'm I'm not the one who makes the drinks, so I didn't know what a shot glass is two, two ounces. ounces. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. So, and good. then you get into things like if you know if you get like if we ever get a bar, then we'll we'll get like a jigger. And then you get a jigger of this and two jiggers. Of I don't know that right. I don't know where the rest of that goes. But it's a, it's not. We don't use shot glasses anymore. We use jiggers. Okay. Well. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I tasted it and it seems fine. Oh, that's awesome. So, okay. We'll good. See. Well, well, let's taste here. Okay. Cheers to you. Cheers to purity. Ooh, that Ooh. was really loud. Mmm. <laughs> I do like that. Yeah. Okay. It sounds like a jet engine is going to take off because my computer is making so much noise. I know. We got to figure out a new system. We just we totally do. don't have the funds I'm to do that right now. Oh, that's a little better. What if we were to... You want to put that under it and just give it... We should cut all this kinds out. Of, no, let's uh, let's just keep it. This is, this is a sacred space right here. This is for real. <laughs> I got a little better. Yeah. Listen... There is no doubt we are limping this system along right now. This is not the high quality podcasting that I am used to doing yeah, with you. I know this is unfortunate. Yeah, this is uh, this is anyway, okay. Nobody cares whatever. about that. Yeah, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, so yeah, it's been uh, it's been an interesting. Uh, well. It's been an interesting day, but it's actually been an interesting week. Yeah. Because we Can I say a- before we get going way too much into this? Yeah. It is fucking hot in here, and it's getting hotter all the time. I was kidding with you earlier about, like, strip podcasting today, but I'm getting real serious about it right now. We <laughs> don't have video in here. I did take my socks off. <laughs> and now it's a strip right. podcast? Yeah, you just don't make any comments. And nobody will know. Well, I'll keep. I'll just keep what talking about right what now. I was doing. You could have done that without the narrative. I could have. But <laughs> oh I my god! Really, I'm really hot. Okay. So anyway, this week we released a purity episode, kind of a a one. <laughs> <laughs> what? What's wrong? We're talking about purity. Does my body offend you? Is this impure? <laughs> I'm just getting in the mood. Oh my god. Um, anyway, I'm gonna move on. Just remember, this is this is radio. This isn't TV. This is considered really bad radio. <laughs> um. Okay, so <laughs> we were released a podcast last time. Last yeah. episode on starting this converse, conversation around purity culture. What does it mean? You know, what is uh, it? What is it? Yeah. And uh, and then this article goes national about a local um, A Spokane pastor, youth pastor. Youth pastor. Yeah. And um, so some friends of ours sent it our way, and I was like, I'd kind of seen it come across social media. Looked at it. It was. Uh, I'm sure people are a bit aware of it by this point now. But um, basically, youth pastor apologizing for um, the things that he'd required of girls in the youth group around swimsuits, right, and group gatherings and stuff. And um, you know, at at first read, I was like, well, 
this might be a start, um, but I felt like it was, he made a comparison to body parts and uh, produce. And I didn't actually read the article. You didn't read the article. I don't know why we're not why we're having this conversation. <laughs> well, because you can tell me about it. But anyway, <laughs> he, you know, went shopping with his fiance and her daughter and saw how hard it was for a girl to shop for a one piece swimsuit that was modest right. and all of this. And suddenly is apologizing to the world publicly on his social media that, um, you know, he might have gotten this wrong. And, uh, well, it was interesting because that's kind of one whole conversation that we're not actually really diving deep into. Right. But um, then I saw today on another forum um, somebody local who had had this guy as a youth pastor uh, outs him and says, this is bullshit. This is who this guy really is. And um, so it was really interesting to see a lot of other people. So apparently there's some locals here who are on the same forum yeah. And um, they are outing the guy over and over again, saying, you know, this is just, you know, him. Saying that, that this is like a, like, that this guy has a history of misogyny. Right. And, and looking Don't down on girls and, and, you know, and making cracks about, you know, purity and sexuality and yeah. making people feel horrible about, you know... Anyway, themselves yeah. and all that kind of... Anyway, like this long history of this guy has been like really negative. You don't go really shopping for negative. a swimsuit and suddenly have an epiphany and you're all okay right. with this little apology. And, right. And it was... Uh, so it was just a... It's just really interesting, this conversation's, you know, uh, really awake this week. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the 21 kids and counting, counting on, all that whole Duggar family thing is right. like this huge <laughs> thing right now. And um, anybody who knows anything about their shows, they are the epitome of this whole, you know, purity culture and beyond. Yeah. Um, and so that's just kind of blowing up in the, in the news as well. And because everything's kind of shit hitting the fan, family members narking on each other and all kinds of yeah. stuff. So, yeah. um, and then <laughs> I kind of got alerted that uh, we have some history with a pastor who uh, made a post in this same vein Yeah. and on Facebook. And so I went to look at it. It's today. actually the pastor that married us. Yeah. <laughs> so before going into what happened today on that social media page or on his post, I had already had it in mind that part of what where we would go in this conversation was talking about what we specifically had experienced around the time you and I were dating, mm. how the church was handling us in that, how our youth group culture was at that time, and a bit about what our married, premarital counseling was moving into yeah, yeah. all of this around purity culture. So I find it quite ironic that we're then in this disgusting conversation yeah. with him on social media. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm a little, <laughs> well, if, if, you know, there was, there was no bullshit in between you and I and, you know, making funny stuff up here at the beginning of this podcast. I mean, <laughs> we yeah. said, what are you drinking? Let's get to it. <laughs> no. Because this I, is like, this has been pretty hot and heavy on our, our minds. Yeah. yeah, it has been. Um, and again, you know, with the 
conversations with, you know, that have been going on on social media. Yeah. Um, very present too. I mean, like. Yeah. Like, like as I hit record, I'm reading a response from him. <laughs> right. But um, I'm also seeing that we had a lot more hits on that last episode. Yeah. Than we have in a long time, and in a very short period of time, and yeah. Um. So I think in one way or another. Uh, this is a topic that is a hot button. Yeah. And uh, I also realized in today's conversation how triggering it is. Yeah. In fact, I was, it's so funny that you just used that word because I was literally just thinking we have never put a trigger warning on an episode. We probably should, you know, (laughs) like this is one of those where we're going to talk about some stuff that is not pleasant. Um, Well, it's... It's not pleasant in the sense that, uh, you know, I guess I went into the last episode going, hey, we've come so far on the other side of all of this that it's kind of a no-brainer. This isn't, I mean, it's it's unfortunate, the com- you know, the, yeah. the topic, but I realized today and with this other youth pastor's um, post that went out, God, we're, st- we're, we're not anywhere out of, out of this purity culture and we're not... Um, we're not no. enough far away from no, it for no. it to not be uh, triggering to the experiences that we did have. So just a step back from it for just a second. And I don't want this to, okay. to you know, side rail us, okay? Is that the right term? <laughs> Derail. Derail. <laughs> Derail us. I don't want that to happen. Uh, but purity culture... The conversation around purity culture is just one more thing in the evangelical (laughs) bucket that is being taken to task. And so evangelicalism as a whole is taking a beating right now. Mm -hmm. And those who are inside of it, those who are in that bubble... Even who are are still evangelical. Evangelicals who still consider themselves to be evangelical Christians, they are either starting to question whether they should continue in this route or not, or they are so doubling down on it that it is getting fucking ridiculous, which is what happened today. Yeah. You know. Um, either that or it, the doubling, it, it, it's either doubling down or it's this is what it was and this is how far we've come from it. Yeah, but it but it's still it's like, you know, like our conversations with with this other pastor today. We're like laying things out. Like, okay, this is where this thinking leads. This is the effect this has on it. This is what happens and this there're all these other thoughts out here. There's all, you know, laying all of this stuff out. And the response back is, you know, you're you're throwing accusations around and I can just see that you don't believe the Bible at all and you don't do, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, I mean, whether I do or don't believe the Bible at all, it doesn't have anything to do with this conversation because it's never come up. <laughs> you're just, you're, you're grasping at something to try to shut down my points because you can't actually talk to the points themselves. Yeah. And so and and that is what keeps happening with evangelicalism over and over again. I mean, for fuck's sake, go on. <laughs> yes. 
I think I've confessed this before, but I I watch some TikTok videos, okay? <laughs> <laughs> some of them are better than others. I love the ones where they go to, you know, super conservative Trump rallies still going on today. And the report, like a fake reporter asking, well, that's actually a real reporter. <laughs> He's just, on a, he has an agenda. Um, but it's, uh, you know, going and, and saying, you know, you know, why do you still support Trump? And why do you, all this kind of stuff. And the stuff that they come up with is like wild and fantastical. You know, he's still our president. And you're going to find out that Joe Biden is a, isn't even Joe Biden. He's a, somebody put in place by him. And, you know, and the real, real conversations I've seen, you know. And then he'll, and then he'll say something that just kind of like very easily is like counteracts that. And they're like, oh, oh, nope, that's the way it is. And they just stick to it all the harder, right? That is, so you've got, you've got that that's happening in the political realm. You've got it happening in the evangelical Christian realm and somewhat even larger Christianity as a whole, mm-hmm. larger religion as a whole. You've got it in the sexual identity realm of those who are against any expression of the queer mm-hmm. uh, expression. <laughs> There's no better way to say that. Um, you've got it in all of these areas and it tends to be this one group of people that have God, country, Trump, and evangelicalism kind of all wrapped into one, right? Um, including whole, all the whole race things that go on, all that kind of stuff too, right? And it's just this, it's it's like these dying grasps to hang on to no matter what. The handbook. Yeah, and not... And nothing is going to dissuade me from my beliefs because there is an honor in holding to the belief rather than uh, being willing to say, I'll admit I don't know everything and there may be more to know. Yeah. I I have to say that one of the things in my rethinking of evangelical Christianity has been that I want to come back to the heart, the soul, um, the humanity of uh, divine. And so it does, that does guide me and where I land on a lot of these issues. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that I struggle with that he said today to you uh, was, well, really kind of to both of us in different ways, but was questioning the fact that we say there's something traumatic and unacceptable in purity culture means that we don't hold a moral code. And that, I think, is the great fear for people inside the purity Absolutely. culture, yeah. is that if I let go of my moral code, that whatever it's based on, whatever that moral code is, that it will all fall apart. What's left? Yeah. Yeah. And the point I wanted to make today in the conversation, while well, he was making some awful points about <laughs> that, uh, that boys lust 
by looking. Was that how right. I said it? Right. And girls lust by um, being looked at. And boys, I was, boys, yeah, something like that. Boys lust to. Boys lust to lust, and girls lust no. to be lusted, or something. Yeah, <laughs> it was something. No, boys lust to look by looking, and yeah. girls lust um, by being looked at. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I've been a girl for 47 years. I've never equated that as my lust issue. <laughs> I mean, girls like to look too. So. And boys like to be looked at. Look at how many of them look for an opportunity to rip their shirt off in PE class or in high school. Or, or on what? a podcast. Or <laughs> this. <laughs> well, now everybody knows that I'm here just with my nipples hanging out. <laughs> well, like they didn't know before. Um, no, it was just, it was such a, like, a blatantly wrong idea of what lust even was right. like it's just i do uh, want to be looked at by you by the way okay we're not having that kind of podcast right now we are talking about purity <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay listen this is sacred okay <laughs> this is very sacred yeah there was a lot of okay, really for a very triggering conversation the humor probably isn't helping <laughs> <coughs> excuse me damn yeah, you know, okay, yes, fine, maybe. I don't think we've gotten to the real triggering part just yet. Um, really? Because, I mean... I guess, maybe. Okay, let's just do a reset here. When the, f the first thing that goes wrong in purity culture is assigning roles. And when we sure. start assigning roles, we immediately remove anyone from the queer community, for starters. And two, we put placement and responsibility on um, a particular gender. On gender as opposed to person. Right. Yeah, no, you're and, right. And so when, when that is done, then the argument or the morality code is based on that right um whether you say it's based on the bible or you know christian creed or whatever it might be um what we're really saying is is that we have assigned gender roles a male and a female and lust sits within those in these ways and when we do that we almost can't have a conversation so i shouldn't have started a conversation with him on it but um i really uh, you know, I was still fired up. Yeah. So let's, can we get to the part where we start talking about our experiences a little bit? Yeah. I was thinking that my point in saying that my whole focus in evaluating my belief system comes back to heart and soul and, you know, the wholeness of humanity in relationship with the divine the, that's the part that I wanted to get across today with him was people really got hurt. And in that, that's the part I want to keep talking about is how does this kind of culture, how, what does it look like? How does it happen? 
and how does it affect us? And I think by doing that is telling our story. Um, so we left with m- mostly m- my part of the story, although it, I don't think it is quite finished because there's an us part. No. But, no. Um, but I'd be really curious. We purposely didn't talk about this this week because we knew we would come here to talk about it. But I am curious uh, what your interaction and experience with purity culture was. Because mm. we didn't know each other, you know, during those junior high, high school, even younger years. So what was it for you? Yeah. So um, you have to understand that for me, you, you can't separate for me personally purity the effect of purity culture on me from what we've talked about before when I when I told my story of growing up as an evangelical kid and all that kind right. of stuff my purpose in life right <laughs> and so i you know i was raised with this intense sense of purpose that i was going to be something for god you know something and there's this exists particularly within the charismatic tradition of evangelicalism, but it's very strong. This thing of like, there's a purpose for you. You got to discover your purpose. And for me, um, mine was that you know again because you know my dad was, I you know, clinically sterile, you know, according to the tests. Who knows what happens with those? But anyway, and then I came along. So so that miraculous event where my parents shouldn't have been able to have children, and now they have children. Okay, well, then there's some intense reason why I'm here then, because I mm-hmm. shouldn't be here. Yeah. I shouldn't be here. Now, what I haven't talked about before, last time, was that when I was born, um, I was born with... Um, I don't even know what you call it, but some form of pneumonia. I thought it was jaundice. Well, I had jaundice too, but it was pneumonia so that I wouldn't breathe when I came out. I was just limp, lifeless. I was purple. I was, you know, all that kind of stuff. They couldn't get me to breathe. And so they finally had to, you know, stick a tube down my throat and get all the stuff out of my lungs and, and all that kind of stuff. And then, so they, you know, so that was just further confirmation to my mom that you know the devil was trying to take me out right Mm -hmm. because i wasn't supposed to be here in the first place now i'm a miracle child now the devil tries to kill me at birth and then um there was a another instance I, i thought there was another instance in between my growing up years but i don't really remember what it was but there was another instance after I had become a wayward teenager, you know, and um, a uh, <laughs> uh, a rebellious teenager, and then I had turned my life back to God, and I was doing this summer missions training thing, and the group that I was with was supposed to go do this nature hike. We got lost. Um, I was, by the time we were found. I was pre-hypothermic. They said that if they hadn't have found us when they did, good chance I would have gotten hypothermia and died Mm -hmm. out there. Okay, so another big confirmation 
the devil's trying to take me out. There's there's mm-hmm. something big for my life, right? And then you almost died from the appendicitis. And then I almost died from that. Yeah, but that was later, so I didn't really count that as the devil trying to take me out because mm-hmm. I was kind of, oh, I, I, I changed my thinking at that point. Anyway, okay. so particularly within those high school years, um, I think like... A lot of, I was going to, I was originally going to say a lot of young boys, but I think like a lot of young people, period, Mm -hmm. Um, not all, but like many, um, I had this growing fascination with the human form, right? So um, now for me, as a heterosexual boy, that was the female form. And so I was becoming more and more drawn to you know, whatever it might be from my grandma's romance magazines, <laughs> you know, that I would sneak and go look at to my cousin's penthouse magazines that, you know, his mm-hmm. dad gave him for his 16th birthday and, you know, and he was older than me and, you know, so, you know, whatever else it might be. Um, eventually to my, you know, 10 years older than me neighbor living next door who had boxes of pornography and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff and there was this this growing fascination Mm -hmm. with that um and but like racing right alongside of it that i'm supposed to be something right Mm -hmm. i'm supposed to like my life i has a purpose i have a meaning and the devil even tried to kill me two different times and, you know, to stop God's purpose for my life and all this. And I'm looking at dirty magazines, you know? Um, and it was this, this, it became this, this thing with me where, um, that is of the devil. It's Satan and it's demonic trying to tempt you to, you know, be caught up in, sexuality and, and, you know, loose naked women and all this kind of stuff. Right. Um, and so it was this thing, it became this thing where that is, it's, it's bad. It's wrong. They're bad. Sexuality is bad. Mm -hmm. You know, the female body is bad. All of this kind of stuff. right? Right. Um, and, and I am weak and I'm pathetic and I am a horrible person because I, you know, keep doing this thing of looking, right? Right. And so um, to, to the point where I was, you know, in my youth group confessing it to my, you know, other youth group members on a regular basis, to youth pastors, to, you know, big youth conferences and going down to the altar and weeping and begging God to forgive me and, you know, having people pray for me and all this kind of stuff because it was just this thing, right? Even to the point of where um, I began hurting myself whenever I would struggle, right? Right. Um, So whether that was, you know punching things till my knuckles were bloody or whether it was hitting myself with sticks or 
whether it was in my bedroom and taking my belt and the buckle side and whipping my own back with the buckle side of my Mm -hmm. belt or, or whatever else it may be. It was this thing of trying to punish myself because I was so despicable. And how could God ever accept me? How could, how could God ever want to keep his plan with me if I'm this weak and I'm this, mm-hmm. I'm this despicable, right? Um, and that carried forward, I mean, m- most of my adult life. I mean, yeah. y- you knew me as someone who thought that I was this, you know, terrible person. I hated myself. I was angry with myself yeah. all the time. I was angry, period, because I was angry with myself. And because it doesn't just stay in that avenue. Mm-hmm. It becomes part then of everything. Okay. Everything so it, you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I mean, it, it could have nothing to do with sexuality. It's just that, you know, I, I got angry at somebody that I shouldn't have been angry at or I you know, whatever, whatever else it might be. And it's like it, and I, I would hate myself for that. Like despise myself for that. Um, because I was supposed to have a, I was supposed to be living a life worthy of this calling that God had for me. Right. That's what purity culture was for me. It was that, um, that I am, I am not living up to the gift of my own life that God had given me. Hmm. Like my life was a gift, not once, but twice. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't living up to that, you know? Um, And so it, it, it creates this real, um, creates this 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 toxic relationship then with sexuality mm-hmm. or with you know people of the opposite sex mm-hmm. you know as a heterosexual person because it was like you know well I don't want to you know like in in youth group days and, and that kind of stuff it was like you you don't even want to be in the same room as somebody mm-hmm. else if there isn't somebody else there you know, right. um, doesn't matter if it was the gym in our church. It was right. like, you, because you just don't, you don't want any temptation right. to exist there. You don't want any of that kind of stuff. Um, you, you know, I was, I had this, this view of, you know, the girls in our youth group early on, you know, that they needed to dress appropriately, you know, mm-hmm. they needed to not be quote unquote stumbling blocks for our young guys, you know, we would, you know, we would do the one piece swimming suit thing. Any kind of, anytime we went on a youth trip where there was going to be swimming involved. And you remember we, we, there was a period of time when we did the same thing as this guy did too in this article, um, where we would have the ugly, huge t-shirt. And, you know, if a girl, if we didn't think a girl's swimsuit was modest enough, then we would make her wear the ugly giant t-shirt to go swimming. It that we did that. It does. It does. It, and that, there's so much like guilt and shame over that too. So it's mm-hmm. like, 
<laughs> you're, you're fighting it from all sides then, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and I think that um, for you and I, it created this, this real... Um, this real strained sexuality in our marriage then even about, mm-hmm. you know, what's okay and what's not okay and how am I supposed to look at you and how am I not supposed to look at you and, you know, and all, I mean, just like, like all this kind yeah. of stuff, like question marks everywhere rather than just being enamored with each other, right? Yeah. And just yeah. like free and open and just enamored with each other, you know? Um, We were having to place it against some, some, some kind of moral code all the time. And we were married and, you know, and, and then when you became a pastor, making sure that, you know, as a pastor's wife, I'm dressing in a way that's, yeah. Appropriate and you know, it's it's just all of all of all of the the baggage of entwining um sexuality with um relationship with God and others without the real understanding of what sexuality actually was. So before like we said, you you didn't really finish your story either. So Maybe you could talk a little bit about yours before we get to that merge point, and then we can talk about mm-hmm. the effect of, of both of us together. But does that, I mean, you know me right? intimately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is there any part I'm leaving out? No, I, I am curious, though, for you in the culture yeah. of purity culture, what... Um, how did that affect your inner... I know you, you talked about kind of navigating other girls in the youth group and how they were dressed and that sort of thing, but um, coming out of that, did you, did you come away with expectations of um, the opposite sex and expectations of a future spouse and expectations of a future marriage. I mean, because this is all bottled in there as the why behind behind purity culture. Yeah. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I think part of the lie that purity culture builds up, um, and let me just say this before I say that real quick too, it's a culture because it is a manufactured culture. Right. It literally becomes the primary focus of everything. Right. It's like it is like sexuality in youth group is talked about more than anything, anything else. else. Go to a, a youth, a, pastor, a conference. youth pastor conference, a summer camp, or whatever else. It's always this major focus because. You're always dealing with with kids that have gone too far, you know, to kids that have looked at too much dirty magazines or whatever, right? Now, never dealing with with any queer kids that might be there. Never addressing it other than if you have these feelings, 
you should come and we will pray for you because those are not godly. Right. And so we want to pray for you to, sh- to shut those down. You can be free from those feelings. And you can show up here, but you can't move through in any kind of uh, student leadership and you can't... That's if they were... Yeah. No, That's I, I'm a, just yes. saying there was yeah. this other... There was this other tone that also existed. Um, so similarly to you talking about like, you know, last time, last week when you said, you know, you're supposed to no, no, no. And then all of a sudden the wedding night, yes. Right. Um, There's an expectation of that that is built in all of those conversations within purity culture that, you know, you got to hold yourself because when you do get married, well, then you get sex. And then it's like sex is this wonderful, amazing prize at the end. Prize. You get the prize and you can have sex whenever you want to have sex. And, you know, and it's just going to be sex, 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 sex. You know, <laughs> and it's like that didn't fucking happen for us, you know, <laughs> for well, we did live with your parents for a while, so... For some real fucked up reasons, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, because there's, there's life, right? Yeah. There's life that happens, and there's trauma associated with some of that stuff. And there's, again, the thing we were talking about with no, 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 and then all of a sudden it's just supposed to be yes, and it's just like, it just doesn't... I don't know, something's off. It's, it's well, What are we supposed not... to do here, you know, and... Um, all that kind of stuff where it's just, just, it's just tough to navigate and there isn't out of purity culture. There is only certain conversation that happens, you know, in with girls and boys moving into that transition of being married and, and with, with boys that I, I interrupt. Go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. With, with boys, it's don't give in to the pressure that those girls will put on you. <laughs> Don't give in. And then if you hold steady, then you get it whenever you want. Right? At once you're married. With girls, it's a don't ruin yourself. Right? Don't destroy yourself. Don't destroy the one gift that only you can give your husband. And then when you get married, well, then you must give that gift anytime he wants it. Yeah. Fuck. Well, literally. I mean, it's just like, it's like. Yeah. That is really what it is. And so, and I've heard this from so many Christian guys, both in and out of the church now that there was this huge clash that happened in the beginning because what do you mean? What do you mean I can't just have it whenever I want it? What, what do you mean by that, right? Um, and and I, I don't know about the, the female side. I'm just, I just talk to the guy. I'm not saying that it's, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's that story doesn't exist there. I'm just saying... From my perspective of, of the many guys I've talked to about this, it's just like this this thing of, I, I don't get it, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't get why why it didn't work out. I did I did what I was supposed to do 
why didn't it work out, you know? Yeah. And it becomes this point of conflict um, because you're not, because you're, you're taught to, well, you, you love your wife and you cherish your bride and you, you whiner and diner and you, you know, you show her you love her and all this. And then she will open to you like a flower, you know? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, but there's so many other things involved. <laughs> and, but they, but it's like you're taught that as if it is a formula. This is what purity culture does. It, it, it teaches delayed gratification, but the gratification never happens the way that they say it will be. Yeah. And so even if you, so you're damned if you don't in the beginning because you're this rotten piece of garbage that can't keep your dick in your pants, right? Or, and fully from a guy's perspective here, or... There's no payoff at the end because you did everything you were supposed to do and now you don't understand why she won't have sex with you, right? It's like this, the whole thing crumbles apart because there was, there's no, there's no conversation about the nuances of, of relationship, the intricacies and or emotional just... health and just loving someone beyond having sex with them. And I mean, oh, Jesus. Well, there's, there's this, um... There's this language that's used, and we know it outside the church as well, but in purity culture, it's uh, it's definitely uh, spoken, and that is that, and we even saw it on this feed today, that um, that there is a uh, a give and take, right? And the girl gives her virginity or gives her sexuality. And the guy takes. He receives yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when you're talking about this charged conversation of expectation after the, you know, marriage vows, there is also this undertone of take whenever I want, right? Right. And there, for the girls, there is this... Uh, undertone of I have to give, 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 give. Whether you feel like it or not. Right. Layered then on top of that, depending on how fundamentalist it became, but uh, procreation. So um, that you as a female have this role to propagate the planet and this is the way that you do that. And so I think the, the big missing piece in purity culture is one is one is it, like I said before is assigning the roles right that this is the there's a giver and there's a taker in this relationship and also that we don't understand or aren't allowed to understand our own personal sexuality all that makes us a sexual being a sexual person um, and I would say now for today's conversation, um, our identity and understanding what what that is and what we uh, align with. And when the conversation is all about suppression, then um, you can't understand yourself to be able to walk into a marriage relationship uh 
without it just being like roles or um, questioning whether that desire is okay or that following urges is okay because you've been told you're not supposed to do this. So flipping that switch becomes incredibly um, morally difficult um, to do. Not only morally, but I think it's difficult um, physically because we haven't been allowed to, in purity culture, to have the conversations on what my personal sexuality is, looks like, interacts with, why I am who I am. We, we don't go down that road. We are in a conversation continually in purity culture of all the things that are sinful in my life and are bad and that the flesh is bad, so therefore anything that comes of the flesh um, has to be suppressed, has to be um, taken you know, to the cross and handed over to God, right? So then we're suddenly introduced to all of these things and we're not having to lay it at the cross and yet morally and soulfully we still kind of are. So I, I think that the damage of purity culture, it, it, I think the conversation we had today kept kind of accusing us that um, we don't believe in abstinence. That was kind of the crux of it. And, and my issue with purity culture is that you make it about abstinence. Right. You don't make it about wholeness and sexuality across the board. You have an issue about abstinence. And whether you personally take that on, abstinence in your moral code, whatever that moral code is based on, um, doesn't mean you don't get to know who you are sexually doesn't mean that you don't get to understand all that it means to be a woman, all that it means to be a man. That when these things happen in my mind, in my body, in my soul, in my heart, in my emotions, they're happening because this. Um, and what do I do with it? We, we actually, it's, it's really, like you said, it's so far beyond um, purity culture because I look back at child training as well and we're child training was all behavior modification so not allowing right. um, emotions and behaviors to exist that those those behaviors are bad these behaviors are good right and rather than saying that when these feelings these frustrations all these different things that kids feel come to the surface we're not not in that culture we're not teaching them what to do with it and what it means and how to move in it, we're teaching them to suppress it. That's bad. That's good. So it's it's really expected to go from that behavior modification par- uh, parenting to purity culture. Because right. that's what we're doing is we're controlling the behavior, but we're not actually... Um, engaging the self so you are forced to disconnect from self in order to to manage suppression um now i'm i'm not necessarily unlike i we were kind of uh, believed to believe today i am not against abstinence i'm not for abstinence i am for understanding I am for 
real conversations about this. I am for mentoring people to understand who they are and walking with them through this. And I am anti-shame and I am anti-guilt. He even said today on the post that it is God's mercy that we feel guilt and shame so that we don't continue to do these things. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's been pretty well established. Fuck that guy. But, <laughs> but this, this is what it was. Purity culture was right. shame and guilt and behavior modification. But this is where, you know, the, the church would call them the world. <laughs> the school systems, you know, um, uh, you know, mental health right. systems, that sort of thing. Um, did a far better job at saying, listen, this isn't about whether you do or don't. This is about understanding the ramifications, right? First of all, there are some very real consequences that can happen, you know, with, you know, sexually transmitted diseases, pregnancies, that sort of thing. There's some very real things that kind of come along this sphere. You should be aware of those things. Right. Then there is the emotional things that come along with it of that you're, you're not just high-fiving somebody. There's a, there's an intimate connection and. And what happens when you intimately, you know, allow someone, you know, uh, that close proximity of space, you know, right. <laughs> um, then there is the entire conversation that you don't owe anyone access to your body mm-hmm. and no one owes you access to your body, mm-hmm. you know, to their body, I should say. And so the, just the, the, the respect that of how do we view each other as human beings, right? Okay, and then teaching them then to to take all of that wealth of information and then to make decisions with it. So if you decide, you know, to couple with another person, then you're taking all of these things into account and you're making a decision with this full... Mm-hmm. you know, this full boat of information about, you know, whether you will or whether you won't and how you will and what context and what kinds of protections and, you know, and, and all this kind of stuff, um, respect for one another and care for one another as, as another human being and, you know, it, all that kind of stuff. Um, or you're choosing to you're going to you're going to wait until you are more confident that you have a connection with someone that you want to experience that with mm-hmm. and you know maybe that's a long-term relationship maybe it's marriage maybe it's whatever else but it's like the church didn't even touch any of that stuff like the church doesn't even touch any of that purity culture doesn't even touch any of mm-hmm. that stuff it's all about good bad black white evil uh, righteous, you know, uh, sin, glorifying God, you know, and it's like, and it's all comes down to do it or don't do it. And then the always sneaky one of, well, how much can I do before I'm guilty of doing it? You know, mm-hmm. how far can I push the line? How far can I, all that? because that's ultimately what it devolves into then, right? If it's, if it's just about not actually sinning, well then, where what constitutes sin as opposed to 
It has nothing to do with the wholeness of being. It has nothing to do, and, and that doesn't even begin to touch, you know, like just like masturbation or, you know, the right. intimacy with yourself or, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, that whole conversation, I mean, that's just a don't do it. I mean, that's just all there is to it. Slap don't do it. it down. Slap it down. <laughs> Slap it down. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was such a good one. Um, and uh, and again, you know, when it comes to the, the queer conversation, of course, you know, there's so much better information outside of the church for any person who is questioning their sexual identity and wanting to know, what do I do with this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and... And I and I I'm like the it, it, even even the progressive churches nowadays still do a shitty job. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I keep coming back to this uh, as you talk as this um, that it, if if we were actually taught to respect each other, in order to do that, you have to release expectations of somebody else. Yeah, you just meet them in that in that moment, in that humanity, whatever terms that those are, right? That's to have respect for someone else is respecting who they are, who their essence is. And we're not able to do that in purity culture when you have associated a role for me. Um, you grew up in the church with the expectation and understanding that I had a certain role in the home and in the marriage and how, what that would look like. In fact, we even agreed so much on that that it was one reason we continued to have conversations and we got to know each other better. It was that we had yeah. a very common idea of what that was. And, um, but when you, when you set a role on someone else, then you have expect- expectation of what they will be doing in that role. So when the church sets an expectation that... Uh, women are for this or for that in a marriage, in a family structure, then impurity culture supported that. It supported the she's giving and he's taking. Yeah. Um, I'm the head of the household. In the end, what what I say needs to be done. I'm responsible to God for this family. That's part of the expectation I had of you. Um, these are unrealistic expectations that don't equate to respect. Um, because if you're not living up to that role, I don't actually see you in your humanity. Mm-hmm. I see you absent of fulfilling your role. So purity culture is, I think it's complicated. Um, and I think what they weren't, what... Um, the conversation today we had on Facebook, what he wasn't getting was that this isn't about abstinence. This is about guilt and about shame Mm -hmm. and about trauma and about expectations and about what you as a man, a leader man in the church, um, taught those boys and taught us girls about ourselves. And he even said today he would not change that one bit. He is guilty of, of those things and proud of it. And I just 
thought, I will never be proud of the moments that I did that to our students. So um, I find it... So for me, that conversation became triggering. Um, At one point, when it comes to the us part, we decided to start dating. Um, I was... I, t- I told him today post, I was your poster child. I think he was counting on me to do this uh, the right way. And um, this was something that was a personal commitment to myself, yeah. a- aside from the purity culture. But when we started dating, um, oh my God, everybody came out of the woodworks to hold us accountable. And... We had a very short engagement, a very short dating, because there was history in how we got to know each other and that sort of thing. And then and there was a parenting class where he was talking about how you and I were a model for courting. And we were like, what? Like, we didn't court. Like, this whole idea, kiss, dating, goodbye, this whole courting yeah. idea we were not that but he was communicating it to the church that that's what we were doing and I'll tell you I remember one time we kissed at a red light that was kind of a thing that we did every time there was a red light it was an excuse to kiss something we need to take back up by the way. <laughs> um, and I got called on for it and uh, girls in the youth group were worried about me because I kissed you and like what? The, yeah, and um, and so that that expectation on us that we were fulfilling some kind of uh, idea of what building a relationship with someone would look like, I was like, no, I just I'm just crazy about him, and I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with him. This has nothing to do with the courting process. Um, I do know other people in the church who. Um, were forced by parents, by the church, to uh, take up courting as the way to to date and find a mate. Right. And um, it destroyed them. Absolutely destroyed them. Or having had sex before they got married and being forced to get married because of it destroyed them. You're married in the eyes of God yeah. because you have consummated your relationship. Therefore, yeah. you need to get married. But when sexuality is such an issue of shame in the church, then nobody can get the help that they need when they need it. And the church did not advocate for mental health as a viable way no. to navigate life or to heal or to, um, to cope. Um, if you needed to go to mental health outside of the church, then you're not trusting God. And... That was a big hurdle for me to come over as well, but you you can't you can't separate any of these things. You can't separate purity culture from, you know, behavior modification and um, you know mental health issues. And I mean, it's just it's so complicated. And it was there was so much room for abuse. There was so much sexual abuse in the church. And. Uh, and the fact that we're all dealing with varying levels of trauma from this kind of culture, and he won't 
even say I'm sorry or won't acknowledge that that could possibly exist, but says, what's your moral code then? You know, it's just, it's disgusting. So I think now, I think we have worked very hard to develop a healthier view of sexuality, Mm -hmm. not just for ourselves, but, you know, for our, how we engage with our girls, you know, we've talked about it a lot, even with Sydney, with like raising Asher as a young man, you Mm -hmm. know, um, and talking about, you know, and, you know, being open to not knowing what his sexual identity will be, Mm -hmm. right? And so just like, and and so everything that we talk about early on, like really building a basis for respect and valuing humanity in another person and whoever they are, Mm -hmm. right? She's Um, she's very intent on making sure he understands that... Uh, engaging with another human being requires permission. Yes, um, that he doesn't get just doesn't get to just take from someone, take their things, or uh, take time or take affection. That these are things that he will be asking permission for. Right. Um. So that he is not part of that culture of. And know, that nothing me. is to be taken from him either. Exactly. Like. She has made it very strong with us. He's weighing in, in the conversation. <laughs> she's made it like, you know, she's kind of put her foot down even with us that we don't force him to give us hugs. Mm-mm. We don't no. say, come here and give me a hug. And he says no. And we're like, come on and pull him in mm-hmm. anyway. I mean, we don't, we don't do that with him. Right. You know, we let him walk away from us if he doesn't want to give us a hug, you know, because that's important for him to understand for himself that everyone else gets that same thing, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's like, and that goes into everything. That goes into, you know, you know, are we now just wild and loose and whatever goes and all that kind of stuff? I just learned about upside-down pineapples today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm buying another, a pineapple in Costco. That's another and wonder you're like, of TikTok. Don't put, it, don't put it in the cart upside-down. I'm like, What? Why? And then you're like, maybe we should try it. And I'm like, we do not <laughs> want to play with that. <laughs> no, because I just wanted to see if it was a real thing or just a TikTok thing. But no, you're right. Any, I really don't want to play with that. Anybody can look it up for themselves. Yeah. It's, I, yeah. Mm. Maybe relatively safe. I don't know to look <laughs> don't up. Know. My anyway. pineapple will always stay upright. <laughs> <laughs> for us. Um, <laughs> well, and, and that's what we've talked about too, right? Is we've... We have, we've taken this thing on is that like we we own our sexuality now and yeah. we're like you know this is where we this is the realm that we live in right and but we understand that not everyone is like us and yeah. so we don't have any interest in in holding judgment over someone else who may think differently than that you know or that may be in a different life circumstance than us or what, whatever else it may right. be. It's like, I mean, this is our uh, sexual ethos is our sexual ethos. It is not the right sexual ethos <laughs> as it was in, in the church and in purity culture, right? Right. Um, 
you know, but it's just, a, it's a totally different way of, of approaching everything, putting humanity first, mm-hmm. always being more concerned with humanity than, than creeds. adherence or <laughs> creeds. Yeah. Yeah. That's to use a, a term from today. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, and I would say adherence to any, you know, ethic or whatever mm-hmm. else. It's like, yeah, um, I think that there's there are far too many people who are too interested in how everyone else acts, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that if we were to... Um, we'll miss some beautiful human beings if we are focused on it so much on whether they're sleeping with the right person or not. Right. And or anyone at all for that matter. Right. Or, yeah. And it's just such a um, limited right. culture and a limited community when um, when we put those expectations on each other. I am all for authenticity. I want to have a relationship with other people who want the freedom to be authentically themselves. Yeah. Um, because I want to be authentically myself. And that at varying times in my life on how I feel about my personal appearance or where I'm at with my weight and my hairstyle or different things like that, you know, I'm going to feel different about my own personal being. Right. Um, and if, if there isn't room for... That evolution in relationship, then, um, then we're just obligatory spouses, you know. It's just, and it's and it's ultimately it's fear that yeah. keeps us within those tight boundaries, right? Yeah. Um, because, I mean, kind of like what you were talking about earlier. That, well, if you don't hold to a strict morality, then anything goes. <laughs> Right, and that's the fear. The fear is that everything, everybody just runs around naked, fucking everybody else in the streets. You know, and it's like our world would be chaos. You know, and it's like that. It's it's such a broken, limited viewpoint. Yeah. Even even if we go down the the road of uh, Christian teachings, even Jesus said. You know, you say all these things. You even put those rules on your forehead and you walk around town with this little scroll to make sure everyone knows you know the rules. Right. You do all of that, but I say, love your neighbor as yourself. Right. And it's it's just such a, a missed principle in the church because we have made it more important to control behavior to control people um, for personal take. And Jesus had a different way of thinking about that. So the arguments today, you know, we finally just stopped because it's just ludicrous. But I just don't see Jesus in any of that. So if we want to talk about Christianity in light of purity culture, that's not what he talked about. <laughs> and... His mercy on us was not to instill guilt and shame. Um, 
but that is the work of the church. That is the mercy of the pastors. That is the mercy of the clergy who choose that route. Right. You're done. I can see it on your face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so hot. I'm just so hot. This you conversation hot. is making me hot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there is tons more to be discussed yeah, on this. This is probably whether a we will or not. Chaotic of a conversation. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I'll, we'll listen to it again. Of course, we go back and we listen to ourselves, and we're like, "Oh, that was a good point." <laughs> <laughs> or why did I say yeah, that? Or oh shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, whether we continue this conversation or not, we'll you know we'll be seen. You know. But um, but they're good conversations to be had, and there's again, there's so much more to this, so much yeah. more to this. But um, but you know, we can we'll just we, we can keep talking about it, just the two of us too. Yeah. Yeah. Will you put your shirt back on though? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>